What the f The wildest stories are popping up. And like, you can't tell me that this ain't the twilight zone. Like I have given myself full permission to cry, to break down, to be vulnerable, to be mad, to throw shit, to laugh if I come across something funny because I'm not gonna feel guilty about that because all of it, all, of, all everything that I am feeling <laughs> in the emotions, it is all completely understandable. And that goes for you. Everything that you're feeling right now is completely understandable. And don't feel guilty if you find yourself feeling overwhelmed. Like we're processing a lot, a lot. And think about the long-term effects that this shit is going to have on us. Black people are collectively experiencing trauma constantly, constantly, y'all. Take a break from the news cycle. Like, don't neglect your health, your mental health when you need it the most. You know, all the work that, you know, we've been doing over these past couple years, you know, all the work that we have done up until this all this chaotic bullshit has prepared you to manage these feelings. Let's tap into that. If you're if you're gearing up and you're you know going to a protest, ask yourself, you know, what do you need to take care of yourself right now before going out? And absolutely check in with yourself when you come back home and make sure that you have, you know, you're able to fill yourself back, back up, pour into yourself. Or, you know, hit up your therapist if you have the means to do so. Those of us that are here, you know, out here donating funds um, and resources to support. You still have to check in with yourself as well. What do you need right now? What can bring you an ounce of, of respite? Is since quarantine, I've been like intentionally keeping track of even the simplest activities, like sounds, uh, IG tags, anything that can like quickly usher in a different feeling for me if I feel overwhelmed with the negativity. Try to process through this in a healthy manner. We've got to be, be intentional about it. You may be looking for validation in how you feel, and that's completely fine. You know, talk to, talk to like-minded folks to help you to validate those feelings and find comfort in knowing that those feelings that you are experiencing aren't isolated. You're not alone in this. So talk it out. Talk, you know, express everything. Like I said earlier, I, you know, giving myself permission to be vulnerable. Be vulnerable with your friends. Be vulnerable with your family. Tell them what you're going through. Like I said, if you don't have a therapist, you know, definitely seek therapy um, if you do have the means to do so. So you can also have someone to be able to facilitate uh, your feelings and process, help you, you know, process through those. And while I advocate sharing emotions and feelings, Understand that not everybody is worthy of that from you. So if you have colleagues or family members that want to engage with you in these conversations and you don't feel comfortable having those conversations with them, don't. Disconnect. Let them know that, hey, I don't feel comfortable speaking about this with you or I don't want to speak about this. You have a right to create that, that boundary. 
So like my thing is like, you know, just revisit things daily that can aid in like centering and grounding you. Look for ways to find peace and balance throughout all this bullshit and rage. And in case everything didn't alert you before, there's also a health pandemic occurring. Wear your mask, continue to practice social distancing. If someone is violating your space, let them know. You know, I've been able to communicate non-verbally to people standing a little too close to me. Uh, So, you know, catch their eyes and a simple up down, you know, will get the message across and it has. And, you know, just because other people have stopped caring doesn't mean that you have to. And with that said, rest in peace to COVID-19 victims, rest in peace to the Black people who have been murdered by the police. Before I get into Brian's interview, I have to acknowledge this was recorded last September during my trip to Seattle. Uh, I know, I know, I know, Hakia, you're such a mess, huh? Yeah, it's fine. So somewhere between recording and editing, I lost my audio, but I still had his, uh, which is most important. And thankfully, I I project enough when I speak, when I want to, and you're able to hear me through his mic. So I've kind of, I've tried to adjust the audio so you can hear me a little better. So that's why it's, it's a little wonky, but not distracting. Also... Shout out to Brian, who submitted his dissertation last week. Yay, Brian! Uh, In our conversation, we touch on his experience as a Black man navigating a predominantly white space to obtain his doctorate. Enjoy! Hey, everyone. Today, I have my good friend, Brian. Hello. Brian and I know each other. I used to start off with sharing, like, how we know. Okay. Good idea. Uh, so what do you remember? How did, how did we meet? I remember meeting Akia back at Pitt. And the first time I saw her, I think, was when we were doing our training for becoming resident assistants. Mm-hmm. And Go Pitt. Go Pitt. We had this like class we had to do to learn how to like not kill our residents and stop them from killing each other. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, <laughs> and not take drugs and try to jump out windows <laughs> and fight police officers but there's um... all things that happened during our time <laughs> yes in a short eight month span <laughs> but yeah we were uh, we met during like a little training thing and we ended up breaking off into like a group of, in like a scavenger hunt type of thing where we had to run to different dormitories mm-hmm. and find clues and then that would lead you to another door and that would lead you to a clue and after you go through all of them you went you win i don't know i don't remember how the setup was i just remember that day dying because <laughs> i had to go up this we had to walk up this hill firstly it was hot as fuck it was hot as hell especially by pittsburgh standards and going up this hill that they call cardiac hill to me that's just an alarming <laughs> name anyways and so, if you know me, you know I'm out of shape. I hate walking. <laughs> and so, going up this hill, we had to do it twice because somebody, we misread, not, let me not put blame because it was a team effort. We yes. misread the clue. But somebody got it wrong. Yes. <laughs> we misread the clue and we had to go up this hill twice. And I remember Brian being so nice to me. <laughs> like, 
are you okay? Like, you know, let's, let's just take a break. Let's breathe. Like, like I remember that. Me yeah. And making sure, like, yeah, we had met prior to this, but it was just, and we weren't even on, we hadn't even been assigned. I was not assigned to a building yet at that time, but you were. Mm. So, yeah, we didn't even know that we were going to be working together later in the year, but he was just, you know, really, really kind to me that day as I'm like, catching my breath and dying and everybody's like come on guys we can make it I'm just, he's like chill like we're gonna yeah we're yeah. gonna stop and breathe let's give her a second and so i really appreciate that and so that's how brian and i but thank you yeah, yeah. i remember that that was a good time and i'm usually a very competitive person yeah. but i was like i need to help my sister along yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so how do you feel like right now today like in this space oh i feel happy I feel very busy and like I'm pulled in many different directions. Like there's always something on my mind that I feel like I should be doing. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like I'm in a good place in life with good people around me. What What is being pulled? Like you say, you feel like you're getting pulled in different directions. It's my energy. Who's, who's calling your energy? Like who's... Friends, like needing to, feeling like I need to hang out with some people, but then, like, not giving the proper amount of time to others. Um, school, feeling like there's so many papers I need to read or experiments I need to run. Also, personally, I want to read more books. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I don't have the energy or motivation to. And that's been bugging me. Because you're, like, you're giving your attention to other things? Right. Okay. Like, whereas I come home tired and, like, watching TV is easy and a little more passive entertainment so i can just like have my eyes over it and i mean i listen to it too but with reading it's more active and i love reading but it's a little more energy intensive now you're being pulled in different directions have you been able to identify ways that you can protect your energy so that you aren't feeling like you're stretched too thin um i have identified a couple ways I don't know if they've. I've been successful in actually implementing it. Mm-hmm. One thing, yeah. So one thing is, like I mentioned before, feeling obligated to hang out with a lot of different people in my life, mm-hmm. and so what used to stress me out was that I would make plans to hang out with people like early in the week because I like to plan things out. I'm like, okay, so Friday I could do this with these people, and then Saturday I'll be free to do this. But then when the like Friday evening came around, I'm like, I'm either A, tired, or B, not really interested in hanging out with those people that I thought I was at first yeah. and want to do something else with other people. And so that would create like some conflict in my spirit. And so what I did to try to remedy that was to just stop planning my weekends in advance mm-hmm. or until like the day before. And just seeing, like, how I feel, like, who I want to hang out with. And that's actually been a lot better for me. Mm-hmm. But then something else I've noticed is that I mostly end up hanging out with the same people. Just anyways? Yeah. That you would have if you... No, I just end up hanging out with the same people oh, weekend after weekend. Oh. So maybe it's just that I feel, like, most comfortable with this group. Yeah. And I like hanging out with them versus I feel like I should see some of my other friends because it hasn't... I haven't seen them in a while. Yeah, I was I was kind of like that too, and it kind of saves you from that 
I don't feel like going out tonight. Like it saves you from that. Like when you don't plan ahead and everything, or like it mm-hmm. saves you from having to cancel the plans or feeling yeah. obligated to hang out even if you don't want to. And that can also be a way that we compromise ourselves in the form like of not caring for ourselves because we want to make other people happy, make other people comfortable. Just be like, okay, well, let me suck it up and just go. And you know, you probably really don't want to hang out with that person. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's not anything personal to them. It's just like exactly. I just don't feel like doing it because these are all people that I know and care about, but. Sometimes, like, my energy isn't feeling... Like that, yeah. Like that. How do you define self-care? I was literally just about to say caring for myself. But that, I think, is a big-ass cop-out. <laughs> <laughs> Let me... Tell you in first grade. Like, you, cannot, you cannot define a word using that word. <laughs> and watch me write, like, three sentences on it to make my, like, supporting paragraph. Um, how do I define self-care? think mostly just doing things that make me happy and not because I feel obligated to do it. Mm-hmm. Just being a little more in tune with my own like wants and desires and needs. Mm-hmm. What are some practices that you put forth to establish that with yourself? Like, is there a boundary that you set? Is there a time that you give yourself... Um, People that you don't talk to anymore because you know that they're bad. Like, things like that. Like- mm. mm-hmm. So, I mean, some boundaries, I would say, I most are more so just, like, for my own feelings. Like, I give myself permission to feel okay with not wanting to hang out with people or wanting to stay in or wanting to just see the same ones over and over. Mm-hmm. And but also... Yeah, exactly, like and not feeling guilty about it. It's not being feeling the guilt that comes along with the decisions that you make. Like, right, you make the decision and you're okay with it, and that's all that. It's what I say. Like that's all that needs to be said. I'm happy with it. Putting myself in other people's shoes a little bit more has helped because then I've just I realized that other people have been doing this for a lot longer than I have. Mm-hmm. Like there's times when me and a friend will make plans and like. A few hours before, they'll cancel because they just, like, aren't feeling well or something. And then usually I would just think, they knew this beforehand. They could let me know. Or they should just power through because we made these plans. And, like, I still want to do it. Versus now, I realize, oh, this is something that I also experience. And back then, I wish I had the confidence to also express Mm -hmm. that, like, I didn't want to do things sometimes. That I already said yes to. And, um... It's something I feel I've grown into a little bit now. For me, it used to be like, anytime somebody hit me up, I was always like, yes. Because I just felt like, I mean, if somebody wants to hang out with me, why not? Like, mm-hmm. It's a good feeling. Me. Yeah, they want to make fun of me, want to help me, so like, I feel obligated to hang out. And just like, it was it was always a yes with me. And then it, I would say maybe in like 2016, 17 is when that kind of changed. It, I started to say no more to people or to say, if I really, really didn't want to go to a concert with somebody if I didn't want to go to dinner whatever it was that evening I feel comfortable enough to say no because guess what the world didn't end and y'all stayed friends I I think yeah we stayed friends I still got to do what I wanted to do they were happy as well I'm sure with whatever the end result is or they forgot about it because it wasn't even that big of a deal like like everything works out in the end so that's like I don't like I never feel and I want other people to like not feel they are obligated to do things at the same like compromising like themselves like why put yourself in an uncomfortable position exactly just, for, just to save face and no one's really gonna feel slighted if like they're actually your friend yeah 
because they should be able to understand that you you need your mom to see yourself. That life happens. We all I, the way I wake up in the morning is not the way I'm gonna feel when I go to sleep at mm-hmm. night. Like my emotions are completely up and down. So those waves. If you're my friend, you gotta understand that those waves, yeah. you know, come through. So you mentioned earlier, or you kind of lightly touched about, you know, white people and mm-hmm. the city. And so, as you guys know, Brian, I mentioned earlier, Brian lives in Seattle. And he moved here about five years ago. Yep. Uh, he's in a doctoral program studying is neuroscience. Yeah, behavioral neuroscience. Behavioral neuroscience. He's real smart, y'all. <laughs> uh, and... There, uh, oh, Brian is also black. So, Surprise! Yeah. <laughs> so coming to the city, it's my secret weapon. Yes, coming from well, you went. You, you're from Maryland. Yep, Maryland. the suburbs of DC. Yeah, PG County was very black. Mm-hmm. Then going to Pitt and uh, we're you know still around white people. We're in, being immersed with whiteness and white culture, whatever that means. Yeah, tons of white people. And yeah. Um, but then, but you still had black friends, you know, just at Pitt. I did have black friends at Pitt, yeah. Yeah, so then to come here, clear across the country, where you didn't know, you didn't know anyone here when you came. I didn't know anyone, no. Yeah, so he didn't know anyone, just like a fish out of water, and you're in this place where there's not too many people that look like you. Mm-hmm. Um, so how was that transition for you, and what have you, what did you learn from that yeah. about yourself? So at first, I was totally fine with it. Because like Akia said, growing up in PG County, it was like only black people that I grew up around. And then I kind of got tired of that. And I was attributing a lot of the negative qualities of just like my life to stemming from like black people, which was totally wrong. But we'll get to that. And uh, so then that was one of the reasons why I wanted to go to Pitt. And I mean, not exactly to be around a ton of white people, but just that. Something different. It was something different. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, while I was there, I loved it. I never really thought about, wow, I don't really have many black friends because I actually did have, continue to have black friends, which was great. Um, And so when I was considering moving to Seattle, I thought that it would be similar and also fine because it was another city that was mostly white but then when i got here and realized just how few black people there were and as i gotten more mature and also the climate of like the country got worse i feel publicly for black people it became a little more obvious that i just didn't want to spend my life just around white people and so then it became started to feel a little more isolating since there were so few black people around and the white people I was around. It's very interesting because it seems like they're all liberal and think that equality is great and um, all that shit. But I still feel like they hold ignorant views or views that are antithesis to or antithetical to what they are actually saying. Mm -hmm. Like something that was pretty interesting that someone pointed out was that there's people who are fighting saying that black people, like we need affordable housing for 
people who aren't making as much money as a lot of the tech workers here. And they have signs in their yard saying like Black Lives Matter and no one is an immigrant or alien. Mm -hmm. And they're living in million dollar homes that's taking up so much space for us to actually build affordable housing. Mm -hmm. And they're voting against getting affordable housing in their neighborhoods or against changing zoning laws so that apartment complexes can be built in these neighborhoods. And... It's just things like that that irk me. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess that change coming here to Seattle, like, how did that affect you mm -hmm. specifically? Well, specifically, it made me kind of over living here. And mm -hmm. it made me want to move someplace that has more black people and a more diverse population. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm looking for work to after graduating. What are your ways of coping to be like, this is... This is, I'm here and mm -hmm. I'm going to make the most of it. Like, what are your, your ways of handling the whiteness mm -hmm. that you're inundated with, like, on a daily basis living here? I think what I've just started to do is be more selective about who I spend time with. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes there's people who will say, like, these slick comments, not purposefully, but it just shows, like, their ignorance on... Do you call them out? Sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't, depending on how much energy I feel like giving them or how much I care about them. Yeah. If I care about them little, I usually don't. Mm -hmm. If I care about them a lot, I'll try to help educate them. Okay. But sometimes I just don't have the desire. Yeah. It's not our job to educate. Right. Yeah. What else? I've tried to spend more time with the friends I have that are people of color, and... Um, also, just kind of integrate a little more back into black culture. Like, that's why I've been watching a lot of those clips on Black Ink Chicago. Stop, stop, stop. And I got back into Basketball Wives. Oh, oh, sorry, no promo on here. I hate you so much. Can I not say that? You're trying to integrate to something black culture. <laughs> <laughs> watching Black Ink, are you kidding? I'm like, hi guys. We're all niggas in here. <laughs> <laughs> was that too rude no I'm gonna replay it and see cause that's kind of funny <laughs> oh my gosh okay but I mean I'm not saying like I'm like fake or anything mm -hmm. this is totally like what I would grew up around mm -hmm. and then I just moved out of it and I'm just trying to feel more comfortable moving back into it yeah so in your next chapter, so like once you leave Seattle, it, that's going to be a big part of your, I guess what you're looking for next in whatever city, whatever yes. company that you go to work for, like that part, the culture there is going to be very yeah. important. I mean, especially for the city and especially mm -hmm. when choosing what neighborhood to live in. Mm -hmm. I hear Houston is a great city. So I went to Houston in June to visit the lovely Akia and it was so nice. I really liked it. A lot more than I thought I would. But it's a little hot. Just a little. Yeah. But you, you managed. We actually have AC. Yes. I'm like Seattle, everywhere. So mm -hmm. You just get used to it. All you gotta do is just the heat from your car, your air-conditioned car, to so the air-conditioned building. Air I can do that. <laughs> uh, so going through your doctoral program um, over these past five years, I'm sure there have been moments where life just seems to knock you down constantly 
Yes. So, like, when you're in those moments, like, in those dark moments, how do you see yourself out of it? Uh, what does it feel like to what does it feel like for you in those moments and then how do you see yourself out like what does that light look like yeah well i'll tell a little story so right when i started my doctoral program i I had research experience but not much psychology or neuroscience research experience and when i first came to the program here i was in the lab of a very established researcher. And his expectation was for me to be a lot more independent than I was ready for. And over the course of a few months, it became obvious that like we didn't get along professionally. Mm-hmm. And so it was hard for me to think, to also think that, to separate the idea that this was more of a professional disagreement between a professor and a student Mm -hmm. versus me having the imposter syndrome and thinking that I wasn't cut out for grad school. Mm. And so I was thinking, okay, this isn't working out. I'm just going to leave. Explain what the imposter syndrome is for people who don't know. So the imposter syndrome is when you've been accepted into this new position or area of life or whatever. Because you deserve to be there because you're that great. Yep, you deserve it, but you don't feel like you do. And you see all these other people who are very smart and seem to get everything so easily and get a lot of work done. And you think, why aren't I like this? Why am I here? Yeah, Yeah. I don't fit in and things are going to be harder for me because of that. So that's what the imposter syndrome is. Mm -hmm. So when I was feeling that in the beginning of my program, I was thinking, okay, this is not for me. Let me try to leave. And so I ended up applying for, I think, like 70 different jobs. And when I didn't hear back from any of them, I was like, first off, rude. (laughs) (laughs) Secondly, I'm embarrassed. (laughs) (laughs) And thirdly, I was like, okay, I need to make this work. So then um, we were at happy hour with... Me and another professor, and I was talking to him about uh, a little, very little about my struggles because they knew each other and I didn't want like any crosstalk. And so I was just telling him that I was considering le- leaving that lab and trying to find a new one. And then he was like, oh, you should just join my lab. And he was a new professor, and I thought about it, and I was like, actually, that sounds great. And so then I left my old advisor's lab, who was very established, and moved to my new advisor's lab, who was literally just starting out and um things have been a lot better mm-hmm. ever since Good. different issues have aris- arisen but but that's I- good you were able to speak for yourself speak up for yourself and, say, and identify like hey this isn't working out for right. me and yeah. you tried that different avenues mm-hmm. seeing what works and it, at the end of the day it was just like hey i just don't need to be in this space with this professor or this advisor right this i need something that's new even if it's doesn't look good on paper mm-hmm. like he, he's not that established as the other one is Maybe he is able to serve you better yeah. in that regard, what you needed in that moment. So you were able to, you know, just kind of advocate for yourself. Yeah. Moving into his lab kept me in grad school, and I'm so glad that I did not leave. What makes you feel most like yourself? Being around friends that I'm able to joke with, and I laugh and they laugh, that makes me feel most like myself. You know, I think friendship is like a big. It's a big deal for you. Absolutely. Like, you put a very big emphasis on your friends and who who qualifies as that and 
even us trying to protect you and causing people who like, hey, that's not your friend. Like, but you put them. <laughs> Me, Ivory, I would throw Sierra in there. Uh huh. <laughs> I finally responded to her text today. <laughs> I told her I was napping. <laughs> this is from fucking. This is from June. I think it was from May. This is May. <laughs> hey Sierra. <laughs> but yeah, you definitely put a big emphasis on that in your friends. I know that like, friendship is like very important to you. You put it on a high pedestal. Like when you call somebody a friend, you you mean it and you hold them dear and you hold them to expectations. Uh huh. I feel like I'm a very resilient person and that I would be fine if everyone did stop being my friend. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be unfortunate for them, but... I'm not saying... <laughs> Of course. I'm not saying, no, no, no. I'm just saying, just eliminate, not saying that we all decided to just be mean to you. Just say, like, we just, that part just doesn't exist. Okay. I just want to say that. How do you, how are you standing alone? What makes you feel like yourself? I don't know. That's a good question. And that's not the first time that I've, I've thought about it because there's times when I'm just like at home alone and I almost feel like, not exactly incomplete or that I should be doing something. And then that's one of the reasons for me to start like reaching out to my friends and mm-hmm. like go hang out with them. But I'm not exactly sure how to Cause it, cause answer we, your question. Because we may not always be available yeah. to fulfill that need in you to make you feel right. whole. Yeah. So how are you able to do that for yourself? And if, I know if you don't have that answer, that's fine. Yeah, I don't have the answer. Yeah, but I challenge you to think of that and to... Because, like, I feel like you have to be able to pour in yourself, too. So, like, yes. how are ways that you are, you know, fulfilling the needs of yourself without having to rely on other people to to satisfy that feeling in you? Like, what are ways that you can serve yourself? Mm-hmm. Like, they challenge you to figure that out. Thank you. I accept yeah. that challenge. Yay. <laughs> when I'm back for part two, I'll have some, <laughs> a better answer for it. Have you identified any of your triggers? That push you in like a, a funk? Or is it like, I know, if somebody says this. I can. Shall I list them? Go ahead. Reliab- unreliability is a big issue for me. When like my friends or people that I expect to do something mm-hmm. don't, it really irks me. Especially if I don't like their excuse. If they even give one. <laughs> um, honestly, that's the biggest to me. Mm-hmm. When they don't respond to my text, I guess that's a unreliable. That's part of being oh, unreliable. Yeah. So then, how do you deal with somebody who's unreliable? Well, I feel like it's that especially is something hard to talk to friends about, and usually we're growing adults. It's kind of hard. Yeah, to be as quick as and timely as right. people want us to be. And if I like call them on it, it kind of sounds like I'm begging to be a more important person in their life than what they've already like shown me. And I don't want to do that. So usually how I respond to it is to just like pull away and to have them, you know, reach out to me a little more when they want to do something. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that feeling. Yeah, I like to feel wanted. Exactly. Just, you know, hey. Like everyone does. Like I, just, I want to feel wanted, yeah. 
Is there anything that's on your heart that we haven't talked about that you wanted to discuss? I have a cat named Suri, named after one of the best Survivor players ever, who is a lovely older black woman. Check her out. Mm-hmm. How does Suri fit into your, your day-to-day? Wait, my cat or the Survivor player? Because they both fit into <laughs> my day-to-day life. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, mostly she's like something that calls me home or like a beacon. So when I'm out, like working at school for a long day, I'm like, oh, Sari doesn't like to be home by herself for too long. So let me just like come home and I can work from home. And I never work from home. Mm-hmm. I just like lie to myself about it. <laughs> but I come home and she gets on my lap and rubs me. And it's just nice to have that connection to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's great. Lastly, what is your hope for your future self? Mm. My hope for my future self is to find completeness and happiness, whether I am in a relationship or out of one. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you being here and having this conversation with me. Um, I do hope that there's something from this conversation that we've had that Something that, oh, I guess with Brian's experience is that you were able to take from it and hopefully apply to your life. Um, or just hopefully that you enjoyed his story, you know. And if you do have any questions, feel free to reach out to the show and get you in contact with him. If you know, any questions about being in a PhD program and kind of navigating through, it's, yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to help. to be a resource, yeah. Um, so thank you so much again. I thank really you. appreciate it. And uh, you guys, take care. Bye. Love you, sis. Yeah.